are you doing? How are you living? It feels like it's been a while since we've been here. Our last episode, we had on a great guest with LaCarrie Pleasant Johnson, a young corner for the University of Utah, a very uh, bright future for that young man. It was an awesome interview. If you haven't listened to it yet, be sure to go back and check it out. Uh, Justin and I were both on the call, uh, both in on the interview. It was great, but let's get into this week and this week's episode because it is going to be a loaded show. There's a lot going on in the NFL. I say it all the time. I haven't usually, or I haven't much lately. The NFL, it's the business that does not sleep. NFL, not for long. They are not asleep for long. You know what I mean? Because there's always something happening. We're going to get into the DAC news, the franchise tag, players being released. Uh, the cap number has been listed. And then we're going to go ahead and give you guys a 2021 team-by-team free agent preview prediction fit that we like that we want to give you guys for every single team in the NFL. So like I said, it is going to be a packed packed show i almost said packed interview excuse me it is going to be a packed episode but it's going to be a fun one uh justin trees i'll tell you what man i'm just happy to be back here looking at you and talking too, man. football with you some, talking some football so it's going to be great uh like you said loaded show so we're going to just get right into it um i actually even took Teresa via off the board today just because we have so much to talk about so let's just get into the DAC news right like the the huge news that broke and four year $160 million, $40 million a year, putting him right behind Patty Mahomes for the second highest paid player. Uh, he did pass for what most uh, guaranteed money. $126 uh, million dollars guaranteed. Million. He got $66 million at signing. Uh, his base salary this year, I believe, that he's going to make like in season is like $9 million. Uh, and then the uh, so he's also like franchise tag this year, which is like another 30 some million, I believe. So this dude's going to make like north of 90 million dollars this season alone just for signing that contract. There's also a no trade clause. There's a no tag clause as well. So they can't put the transition tag. They can't put the franchise tag. Dak Prescott is making one hundred twenty six guaranteed dollars and 90 million of it is coming this first year. Can you imagine, and I know I tweeted this, and Trace, I don't know if you saw it. Can you imagine, and this is another thing that I just cannot get out of my head every time I see a player sign a contract, is the fact that you write your name, you sign it in cursive, you give your signature, your John Hancock, you write it out there, and then in the next week or by the end of that week, you have millions and millions and millions of dollars in your bank account to do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, that is just absurd to me. Like, the, the end of this week, he signed it yesterday or today for you guys listening. Whenever it was, $66 million will be in there by next Friday. You fucking serious? I, don't, I would shit my pants if someone gave me a million. I couldn't imagine having 65 more of it in, like, a two-week time span of, like, I don't know if I'm signing here. We're, our contract negotiations aren't even close. Wham! $66 million a month and a half later. <laughs> How do I do it? Be an athletic NFL quarterback, well, I'm fucked there. So I got to find another way. I guess so. And also it's Herbie Hancock, not John Hancock. Um, so, but. Whoa, uh, pause. What? It's a joke. I, I knew you wouldn't get it. <laughs> okay. You're you're a funny guy, man. Tell, tell me, boy. You ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he fails yep. the test. Because he, Anyways, it's fine. Over I'm the sorry. Head. I should have picked good. up on that sooner. That's it is me, good. not you. No, it's good. It's good. All right. So let's talk about some other franchise 
tagged players. Uh, there were quite a few. Um, so let's just go through them. The biggest name one, Allen Robinson, right? Everybody wanted him on their team. He ends up getting signed. We all knew it was coming. Like there was no way the bears were letting him walk, <laughs> but it officially happened. And, it, and honestly, it happened super late. Like it was like an hour before the deadline when they officially did it. So good for the bears sucks for a Rob sucks for fan base of other teams that wanted him. Uh, the Jaguars signed Cam Robinson. That seemed to be a shock to a lot of people that are not Jags fans. Um, but then all Jags fans are like, yeah, we kind of like thought that I didn't think they were in a franchise second. I just thought they would sign him to a new deal uh, because there's this, thing in on twitter that everybody says that he's really bad when he's not really that bad um because he had one bad year when he tours after he tours at acl which most mm-hmm. players do i saw some player some people on twitter back oh wolf and uh, oh this is so bad like why would you do that the jaguars have so much fucking money like do it for one more year and see if something else happens like see if like with this new coaching staff if something else even clicks even more for him like why not um yeah, why can. why risk going with a rookie that could be just like, that could be worse um, this year. Um, also, there's no saying that they don't franchise tag him, which it, uh, Urban had his press conference. It sounds like they want him at left tackle, but they could easily move him to say right guard and still draft a left tackle if they wanted to. Like that's also a possibility. Um, anyways, Chris Godwin got franchise tag from the Bucks, which was a very interesting one because they had three big name guys, him, Levante, David, who they end up signing to a two-year deal, which was fantastic, much needed. Um, and then 20 Shaquille million Bar- guaranteed, $25 million for two years. Yep. And then Shaquille Barrett, who is now a franchise, uh, who's now a free agent, which will be interesting to see if they can get him. Uh, Brandon Sheriff uh, for the Washington football team guard second year in a row he's a stud like they really needed him um he would have got paid bank um if not uh the one that i'm probably most upset with leonard williams getting franchised by the giants like he is a guy that i really wanted the jags to go after so good for williams there uh, marcus williams probably the shock for everybody on the biggest name one um now that i think about it just because where are the saints coming up with this money basically um yeah. and I mean, they did release um, Emmanuel Sanders today. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, Justin Simmons was the first one, and that was last week. He got franchise tagged. Marcus May got franchise tagged right when the DAC news broke. So it kind of slipped under the radar. Like it happened at like literally like the same exact time. Um, and then Taylor Moten got uh, franchise tagged as well, left tackle. So uh, those are our, our franchise tag players. Um, any thoughts on this? Um. It, it sucks that A-Rob was franchise tagged for the Bears because I know there are a lot of other teams out there hoping. I mean, maybe this turns into one of those franchise tag. You sign the franchise tag, and then you get traded, right? Maybe that's one of those situations. If I'm the Chicago Bears, though, and I have my receiver, I have my tight end in Cole Komet, I have my running back in David Montgomery, uh, and the one thing I'm missing as a quarterback with an offensive coach and a general manager whose seat is getting so hot, he might not make it after the draft depending on how it goes. Go get fucking Russell Wilson. If you're one of the four teams, why have you not made it happen yet? Like you gave up a shit ton of picks. Uh, excuse me. You gave up a shit ton of picks for Khalil Mack. You're not going to do it for Russell Wilson. Like you got a, a franchise changing guy for your defense. Why not go get a franchise changer for your offense? Like that's where I'm just kind of confused. With like, if you're the Chicago Bears, do not let the Las Vegas Raiders or another team that was on this list have the opportunity to jump you and land a guy that, one, saves your job as a general manager and your head coach 
and keeps the team competitive in that division because the Chicago Bears are ahead of the Detroit Lions. If they get Russell Wilson, they are, in my mind, automatically ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. And then you're right there competing for the division with the Green Bay Packers, which you have been playing close the last couple of years with Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. You then have a quarterback who is a quarterback with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and then, oh, that Mooney kid that, you know, runs some pretty good routes and is open and had maybe six touchdowns uh, missed because of Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles missing him deep downfield when he was breaking open. Russell Wilson isn't going to miss those throws. That's it. I mean, you're I'm maybe this is a hot take and I don't mean it to be. If the Chicago Bears get Russell Wilson and they're able to keep those guys on defense, you are in a position to compete for a Super Bowl. You are in a position to compete for a playoff spot deep. And if you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback, you beat the New Orleans Saints in the first round of the playoffs. Hands down, in my opinion. You had several opportunities, even more than just that dropped touchdown that was there on the Nickelodeon broadcast. There was just the opportunities was there. You didn't have the right guy to do it. So in my mind, you get Russell Wilson, you fix that. So that's the only exception that I think makes it okay for the Bears to tag Aaron or excuse me, uh, a Rob, because if you're not, and you're just going to have Mitchell Trubisky, you're going to draft a guy. I just, especially where you're drafting or where you're picking at in the draft. It's just, it's not fair to him to have to play his career with a shitty quarterback the entire, the entire time that he's in his prime and at this good of a level um, and playing at this high of a level, excuse me, Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag was kind of surprising uh, just because I felt like you would might want to secure your defensive end with Shaq Barrett and then find a deal that works for Chris Godwin to maybe take less money early on and then get paid big later in the contract to help against the cap. Maybe Shaquille Barrett is in that mindset of being generous as well, but this is a guy who went from being a backup in Denver to being one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. So quickly, I think it's going to be hard to negotiate that. Leonard Williams to the Giants, I kind of expected it. They need help on the defense. Keep what you have. Uh, Justin Simmons for the Broncos. I don't know why they keep just kicking that can down the road. Sign the kid. He's a one hell of a safety, one of the best in the league. Keep it happening. Uh, but the thing that really catches me by surprise, and Tree, sorry, I'm just keep I keep raining here, but it's the players that were not franchise tagged. Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones, Bud Dupree, Hunter Henry, and Shaq Barrett, which I just mentioned. Kenny Galladay, if he can remain healthy, he battled a hip injury this past year, so he was in and out of games. When he was on the field, a clear difference maker for that Detroit Lions offense. When he's not, you, you can tell that they desperately miss him and that the offense did, in fact, run through him. Aaron Jones, he's going to get paid a shit ton of money somewhere, but Dupree should be the same situation coming off an injury, though. We'll see how that plays out. Hunter Henry, though, is the one that did catch me by surprise for the Los Angeles Chargers because – just due to the fact that he was franchise tagged last year. You don't do it this year, but he's the guy who helped get Justin Herbert out of trouble time and time again this past season. Now, he didn't have crazy stats. He didn't have crazy numbers, so I can understand not paying him a lot. He did battle with some injuries early on in his career, but this is one of those guys that when he's on the field, he makes a difference. And, Trace, we talked about it all last offseason. This is a guy, before he was franchise tagged, we were like, the New England Patriots, the New England Patriots, Hunter Henry and the New England Patriots. They don't have Rob Gronkowski. He's retiring. Boom, this is the fit. I'm thinking the same thing this offseason for him. 
Nice. Yeah. So am I, I mean, I, I guess I'm not thinking that team, but I, I could see it because obviously we did talk about it. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Kenny Galladay back to back 1000 yard seasons before missing this year. Um, most of this year, I should say uh, he's a game changer. Uh, Aaron Jones going to be a stud. He is a stud, but also with the way that the Packers were at with their cap space, he always seemed to be the odd man out in that situation. Uh, Cause they probably are going to be able to get Jamal Williams back. Cause he's a free agent as well. Get him back on the cheap side and then go with him and uh, AJ Dillon, who they took in the second round last year. Um, and yeah, Bud Dupree coming off the ACL injury. We'll see what happens there. Um, I actually did expect the Steelers to sign him, um, but they, Maybe they're really trying to get him for a long-term deal, though. And they were just like, we just can't come to a deal yet, but we're confident we will before free agency starts. So um, other players that have been released as of today, um, Emmanuel Sanders got released this afternoon. John Brown got released this afternoon. LaMarcus Joyner got released yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. So those are some, you know, some big free agent signings over the last couple of years um, that are now cap casualties with the new cap number being set to what, what is it? 182 million. Um, 82 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. 82 and a half. Um, and then let's see Trent Brown from the Raiders got traded back to new England. Let's not forget. He was on new England when they won a super bowl. Uh, they end up getting a fifth rounder for him, but they give a seventh rounder back. So, I mean, honestly, super cheap deal for new England, new England had tons of cap space so they could take on that bigger contract that he did get from the Raiders. So, um, I mean, honestly, good for both of them for, both teams really um isaiah wilson we talked about him a lot last episode uh first rounder out of georgia for the titans been a complete disappointment we talked about how he could be released they end up finding a trade partner with miami what a steal for miami like just to see what they can get out of him like because they literally just swapped seventh round picks yeah um, miami gets a 2021 seventh rounder so they get a seventh rounder this year while the titans get a 2022 seventh rounder so they don't even get a benefit until the following draft <laughs> so i mean like total win for the dolphins like really was like because if it if it doesn't work out oh well you release him no worries um so awesome We'll see. Um, their head coach actually went to the same high school as Isaiah Wilson. So they, they're kind of like from that same neighborhood. So they're hoping that he can kind of like talk some sense into him. We'll see. He also still needs to pass a physical though, which is the interesting part because that was always his problem with the Titans was he was like always out of shape and stuff. Um, so he still has to pass a physical for this deal to actually happen. So we'll see it the, once the new year happens uh, on that. I one. wonder how much of it played into his political standpoint or point of views with COVID because he had a lot of COVID. Uh, he broke a lot of COVID protocols that were set in place by the Titans in the NFL. He just completely went against him. And I think he ended up getting COVID like twice testing positive. I mean, this is a dude who only played like three snaps and they were all on special teams units. Like he didn't even play a starting down at right tackle for the Tennessee Titans on offense at the right tackle position. Again, on offense, only special teams downs was when he was on the field. If you're Miami and you do somehow fix this guy, Brian Flores, and you do get that first-round talent and, you know, evaluation that the Titans had when they were going through that process and felt comfortable taking him in the first round, which some people kind of looked at, was like, whoa, this is a steal. This is good for the Titans. You know, they just lost uh, – his name slipped in my mind as he went to – they let him hit free agency. He then goes and signs with the Browns. You're then the Tennessee Titans. You're like, oh, my God, we done fixed it. 
we filled we filled that void immediately in the first round uh, the draft this is great and isaiah wilson and then it was like shit just hit the fucking fan and now this is where they're at if you can fix that if you're brian flores that is going to be the guy to do it now the connection with them going to the same high school is quite a reach but i've also saw and heard that there's a lot of connections with other members in the town that you know Brian Flores knows and Isaiah Wilson knows, and it kind of like was an extra sense of reference to Brian Flores where it's like, hey, if you can get your hands on this guy and you can help him, you know, get his mindset back on track, this is going to be something special. And if that is the case for the Dolphins, they have an offensive line completely built from the last two draft classes in 2020 and 2021, or excuse me, 2019 to 2020. Yep. So Jack Coughlin is the Browns player from former Titan that you were thinking Thank of. Thank you. Um, and then for Isaiah Wilson, it's actually going to be very interesting because they the uh, Dolphins obviously took Austin Jackson early in the draft last year for left tackle, but they also took Robert Hunt from Louisiana early in the draft. I think a second round pick in that draft for right tackle. So you start to wonder, okay, is Isaiah Wilson going to be a backup there for a little bit, or are they going to maybe try to move him into guard? Um, That's also an option. So it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to see how that plays out either way. uh, In my opinion, complete win for the dolphins. So, all right. That's kind of the news around the league. Now it is time to go into our free agent finds. Um, So this is going to be, we both came up with a player that we think would be a good fit for each team based off of one salary cap um, to an extent um, fit within the scheme and all of that. So um, looking through, I don't know if we chose the same guy on any team. So that's all. That's awesome. I also did try not to choose like if a player was franchise tagged, I tried not to put their name down there. I think I did it once or twice though. Um, if we're being honest, but, um, let's just, just go down the list. Um, I have it in the draft order. So let's just, you want to go just complete draft order one to 32. Um, yeah, but bear with me because I just realized I somehow had some names mixed up and I don't understand how I did. So, uh, my first pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, the defensive tackle uh, from the Giants. Uh, that's something that you've always talked about with the Jaguars needing. They need that replacement. They need to be able to eat up the middle of the field. The ja- or excuse me, the Giants franchise tagged Leonard Williams. They're moving on from Dalvin Tomlinson. I think this is a plug and great fit for the Jaguars where it's like, hey, we can now just focus on adding to our offensive weapons that we have that we need to fix if there's any offensive line issues and we can add to our secondary, maybe our linebacking core as well uh, through the draft or deep fuck defensive line depth or to go with this or find a guy to go next to Dalvin uh, in this defense through the draft for the Jaguars, because you do have a ton of picks, but I think this is a guy that you come in and helps fix up the middle of that defensive line immediately because you already have great talent at the edges. Love it. Uh, I know you and I have talked about him and I actually almost had him on this list for the Jags. Um, also glad that that was a mistake because the name yeah. you originally had, I was about Carl to blow, Lawson. Carl Lawson. I was about to blow you up. Be like the team with the most cap space and the best player you can come up with is Carl Lawson. No disrespect. <laughs> I actually just really like Carl Lawson, but, and honestly would love for him to be on the Jags, but that's not like the top name guy that should be going yeah. to the Jaguars. Um, so I love the Dalvin Tomlinson pick there for you. Um, I'm going with Kenny Galladay. Um, this is the deal. 
show him the bag, pay him whatever, like pay pay him 18 mil a year. Like I'm good. Like get another baller on the outside, get it. So it can be Galladay. It can be Chark. It can be Chenault. And that's a deadly threesome right there. So um, I'm, I'm very into that. Um, so that's what I want on the offensive side. Yeah, that would be scary good. Let's go with the next one, the Jets, uh, who have $69 million in cap space. If we want to round it up, it's pretty much $70 million. Uh, I went with Yannick and Gakwe. They desperately need uh, an edge rush. Yannick and Gakwe wants to win. We know that. Is there a possibility he stays in Baltimore? Probably. There's always a chance because, again, we don't understand the salary cap, even with it going down $16 million from what it was last year. But the Jets have a ton of money. He clearly – I mean, money talks, but they have so much money and they have draft picks where it's like, hey, let's just front load your deal. You make a shit ton of money now, and if we're not winning in two to three years, you can do – you can just piece on out of here because – I think he's going to be a key part of the building block and the building future for the Jets on that defensive side of the ball. I just have a lot of moves that I think the Jets should do uh, to help fix their team, and that immediate impact would be some guys that were released today or yesterday for you guys leaving, like Kenny Vaccaro. Well, there's your fix for the loss of Jamal Adams and a guy who can actually play safety and have some range and yet hit people and loves fucking football. I know that because I've talked to the dude in person and I was terrified the whole fucking time because I didn't want him just power driving me through the backside of an elevator door. I'll tell that story for another day. But I think Kenny Vaccaro with the Jets is another name to keep on or to keep an eye on here for, uh, for the New York Jets moving forward. Yeah, I like that. It'd be very interesting to see. Obviously, they have Quentin Williams, which would be a nice like defensive tackle in there to go with Yannick. Um, but it'd be interesting to see Yannick with because he's yet to really have a in his career have somebody that's not an also a great edge rusher on the opposite side. So yeah. um, be interesting there. Um, I have the same thought process, different player. Uh, I'm going with T- Trey Hendrickson out of the Tampa, or sorry, Tampa Bay, out of New Orleans Saints. Uh, kind of a late bloomer a little bit, but he, he's really come in and um, had a huge stats in the last couple of years. So uh, I'm going to say that would be a good fit there. He should get paid, and it might be able to be a shorter contract as well. So um, I think that he's a good fit there. Moving on to the Dolphins, uh, we actually have the same player here. I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that this one did have the same player. Uh, we did, so we, it, we both- did it twice. This is the first one. Yep. Yep. So uh, we are going with Aaron Jones here. Uh, they obviously need a running back. A lot of people just want them to just draft a running back in the second round. I know that Williams, the North Carolina kid is a hot uh, commodity right now in the draft world. A lot of people think that he'd be a great fit there, which I agree with. Um, I also could see them saying, well, you know what? Let's just take Aaron Jones. He's a stud. We know what he can do. And let's just keep getting younger at other positions in the draft. So um Aaron Jones, perfect fit, really solidifies this offense, getting them another weapon. Yep, and my this is my mindset with it if you're the Miami Dolphins. You just go ahead and go pay for Aaron Jones. You then trade away your two first-round draft picks and one next year that you have and just say, we're going to package whatever we can to go get Deshaun Watson. And then you have Deshaun Watson and Aaron Jones at your quarterback running back. You have a good young offensive line, and you have just enough at receiver 
to last this next year or fuck it. Maybe you find someone in the second or third round and then you can replace your defensive guys as well through the draft this year, next year. But you're in a win now situation with that team and you're in a good development spot with the guys that you do have. You pay Aaron Jones and you find a way to trade for Deshaun Watson. You are sitting pretty and you don't even have to worry about who are we picking two times in the first round of the NFL draft. I love it. All right, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, who are, you're going to hear this a lot in this, but they are over the cap. Um, you're going to hear that from a lot of teams tonight when we're talking. Uh, they're about $14 million over the cap right now, which is very easy to get out of for the most part. So, uh, But I'm actually going with Shaquille Griffin here, uh, cornerback for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think that they need help on that side of the fi- um, field. And... I don't think that they're going to be in the in play for any of these top tier guys. So really was thinking like, what's a good glue guy that's going to be able to improve their defense. And I think another cornerback with skill is going to be that fit. Yep. And I, I'm kind of on the Brett Veach mindset. Sorry for the pause there. I'm on the Brett Veach mindset for corners where it's like, Hey, you can find young athletic guys late in the draft that do just a good enough job to be okay on the back end because yeah, you can take a corner at number four if you're the Falcons, but at the same time, let's just go ahead and get an immediate pick here to help our defense uh, through free agency. And to me, that was Bud Dupree He's coming off an injury. You desperately need pass rush. Bud Dupree could be that answer for you. This is another guy where like Trey Hedrickson could be a possibility. Um, if they can figure out their cap situation, once again, they're $14 million underneath it, but an in-division guy. We've seen it before. I don't know if he would want to go to the Falcons, but money talks, so who knows. Um, My mindset with it was you take Bud Dupree at edge here in free agency. You can find a corner. You took one last year in the first round, kind of in the middle of the round. Uh, I think it was Mullen. No. A.J. Terrell. Thank you, A.J. Terrell. And they took him in the second round, excuse me. Um, Was it the first round? It was the first round. It was around like pick like 15, I think. Okay, perfect. So I'm not going crazy. Awesome. Um, and he, he did step up. He had a good year, but you already have your number one corner. It would be nice to get another corner, but I just think they need more help at edge personally myself. And at that fourth pick, whether you want to trade back and, you know, accumulate more draft picks or you do want to take what some people are mocking you uh, with Kyle or predicting that you take in mock drafts with Kyle Pitts. That would be nice if you're in a lot of Atlanta Falcons fan. I don't think they should be looking at quarterback. I don't like seeing mock drafts that has them taking a quarterback because Matt Ryan is clearly your guy. It's Matty Ice. He's been consistent. He is who he is. Fix your defense. All right. Um, I mean, that'd be, that would be big if they got another edge rusher, Bud Dupree. So I think that'd be a huge win for the Falcons. Um, moving on to the Bengals. Um, so here's the deal with my pick. Uh, they have they have a lot of money. So they have like 44 million cap space. Um, and a lot of people have them taking a left tackle in the draft at five, which they should be. But also Penny Sewell, I think, is going to be gone, which means they're going to have to go Slater, the Northwestern dude there. Mm-hmm. And is that too early? Some might say yes, might, some might say no. To me, it might be. Um, so why not do this? Find a left tackle in free agency that you love, grab him, and then you can take one of those wide receivers at five 
that you know that you love. Maybe get Jamar Chase, team him back up with Joe Burrow or something like that. So I'm having them go, one, know what? We can convince Trent Williams to come here. Trent Williams just did a podcast the other day with uh, Collinsworth and Richard Sherman, and they actually talked about the Jaguars a lot and how Williams was very vocal about, like, that's not a rebuild. If you know you have a quarterback, you're never in a rebuild phase. Like, you're just not. And, I mean, so he was talking about Trevor Lawrence and how great he's going to be, and he's like, yeah. He's like, Jaguars are way ahead of the curve in rebuilding. Like, people that say they are, like, it's already done, like, when you have that. Um, Obviously, the Bengals have that in Joe Burrow. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say go after Trent Williams. Pay him the big bucks. You Even if it's a two-year deal, you can tell Trent Williams, guess what? Salary cap's going to be massive in two years. So you're probably going to get one more contract um, paying you even more if you want to just do a two-year deal. So how I'm old is Trent Williams? I mean, I think he's like 32, 31. Uh, now I gotta now I gotta look it up. Put me on I was the gonna spot. say, I mean, how much longer does he have in his career to where he's 32? Bengals... Okay. He's 32. So two years, probably until 34 as an offensive lineman. That's not that's not unreasonable. Surely by that time you can either pay for someone else at left tackle or draft someone that's ready to be developed and go there. Um, so I kind of went with a similar mindset on the offensive side of the ball, but I went with Janos, uh, excuse me, Janu Smith, uh, the tight end that Tennessee just moved on from. I think this is a guy who's a big body tight end can come in and help in the run game, uh, helping, you know, blocking in those terms and then can make plays down the field. And this is a guy who a lot of people are saying, uh, almost a pure lock for the new England Patriots. I have that answered here later on. We'll get into that soon. Um, I've kind of already dipped my toe in the water of who I think it is. So if you've been paying attention, you know, the answer, but I think Johnny Smith to the Bengals is a great fit for them and their offense moving forward. And then when you're at pick six, yeah, take Penny Sewell uh, at left tackle. It guarantees you a left tackle for the future. That dude's pretty much a lock to be, uh, an NFL great and a guy who can be consistent, especially with what we saw at Oregon. Um, and let's say they actually just, they do what Tree said. You then add to your offense right there, or let's get crazy. They take Micah Parsons at six at linebacker, and you've pretty much fixed that void that you have on the defensive side of the ball with your linebacker group. And the kid that they took last year out of Wyoming, I believe Logan Wilson, that would be one hell of a pairing. Yes. Yes, it would. All right. Uh, do you want to go first on this one? Kind of switch it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next is the Philadelphia Eagles at pick seven. Um, I'm going to go Will Fuller. I know they need a receiver. Um, I was kind of thinking of a guy that can help spread the field that, you know, um, can come down with the ball and catch. So Nelson Aguilar, he's gone. Thank God he ain't coming back. JJ Arthago Whiteside has had issues with dropping the ball. I think when you look at, uh, Jalen Rager, the guy you took last year in the draft, um, he did have some questionable drops in college. Um, He was nice to have this past season when he came on. But I think when you can look at Will Fuller and a guy who can be healthy, if he can be healthy, um, is a difference maker for this offense for Philadelphia. And I think it's a good fit with Jalen Hurts as well. That'd be, I mean, whoever gets Will Fuller is going to be a happy team. Uh, Will Fuller is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, we've, we've actually talked about this recently, just like underrated wide receivers. And obviously A-Rob was one. DJ Moore is kind of like that, our guy right now of that. I think Will Fuller belongs to that category as well. Um, I, in my opinion, if the Texans let him walk, 
there that that would be laughable um but anyways moving on eagles same process same thoughts i'm going with wide receiver as well i'm actually going with Corey davis um from the titans uh big year i mean i'm gonna say it your guy Corey davis you love yourself some Corey davis um and you want to know what he had a very good year this year so finally contract year yeah so um i think that he's a big body guy that has some speed. Um, so you can c- kind of be a nice compliment to Rager there. Um, so Davis, go get paid your money right there. Uh, I think he's going to get paid quite a bit of money, to be honest. I think that it's going to be shocking that, that the team pays him as much as he does. Yeah. A guy who is also a top 10 draft pick in the NFL uh, yep. by the Titans. So I think, it, I think the Titans are just in a position where they can't and you have AJ Brown. So it's like, pick one I'm, i would pick aj brown as well but Corey davis later on here i'm just kind of hoping he's like you know what i'll take a one year prove it type of deal show you guys i can do this again and then i'm going to go make a shit ton next year when the salary cap goes through the roof uh so that's kind of where my mindset is with the detroit lions moving on to pick eight I went with Alden Smith. This was a guy who came back, played for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, had a pretty strong start to the season, kind of fell off. I can't remember if he was dealing with a little bit of an injury um, kind of throughout the year. But when he was on the field, he was making a difference for the Cowboys. Um, It was one of their best defense alignment, even with Lawrence sitting there getting paid the amount of money that he was. He was outplaying him to start the year. I mean, pretty much did for the entire season when he was on the field. I think this is a good – impact helpful guy that can come in and help the Lions defense um in the start of that franchise so kind of where my mindset was not the biggest name in the world but I think when you're the Lions you have so many other holes on that team that need to be addressed and fixed uh so if you can address Alden Smith on defense I think that helps you out uh pretty early and pretty quickly yeah I like it um also Lions right now have under 10 million dollars in cap space um, so they also don't have a ton of wiggle room at, at this point as well. So I actually went with like kind of a, I'd say a tier two type signing as well. And I went with Christian Kirksey, uh, a linebacker who got released from the Packers. And so I'm just saying, well, I know what your linebackers are trash right now. You wonder if Parsons and them are going to be there at pick seven when you're up. So mm-hmm. why not just get somebody just in case and then go from there? I'm sorry. What was that? I think I threw up an eight. But are they? They are pick seven, aren't they? They're they're pick seven. Yeah. So I've been reading um, these all wrong here because uh oh because of the number. Damn it. Yeah, so yeah. yep. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Oh, that does make sense because I think you said six with the Bengals, even though they were yep. five. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, oh, yep, good. Yep. Um. So, anyways, another guy I did think about was um jo- Josh Johnson um from the Rams safety, obviously. Mm-hmm. Their GM came over, so like they could do that. They need safety help, so I did think about that. But I'm like, wonder well, what? I think Johnson's probably going to get paid a little bit too much than what the Lions are willing to pay. So we're going to go with Christian Kirksey here. Get linebacker help. Um, moving on to pick eight, you got the Panthers, uh, who have a good amount of money, actually just over nine, 19 million, which I think is actually a little bit more now. So this was, I did this this morning, but then there's been reports of other deals being like negotiated, like uh, they restructured Christian McCaffrey's Christian deal too. Still, yep, exactly. So actually I think it's a little bit higher than that um, as of the last couple hours, but uh, we actually are going the same route here, different players, but same position. This is where I'm going to have Hunter Henry going off the board. Uh, hey, if the Panthers find a way to trade for Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's going to want a weapon at tight end. Um, Hunter Henry's that guy. So 
Hey, maybe you do have to lose Christian McCaffrey when it's all said and done, right? Maybe you have to wonder what, at least you bring in another weapon. So you still have your stud two wide receivers. Plus you have a tight end there. So you're adding, you're at least adding another weapon onto this offense. Absolutely. That is a great mindset to have there with them possibly getting, excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I went with somewhat of a bigger tight end in Gerald Everett. Uh, this is another guy kind of similar to Johnny Smith, what I said, who can help in the running game, um, can block, but can also make plays downfield. This is a guy who has explosive plays on the field and explosive moments. Um, he's the guy that, some kind, that sometimes gets overlooked, but when he makes a play, everyone's aware of it. And it's like, how the hell did we let this guy open again? How is he in this situation that he's burning us down the field or, you know, in this situation or this moment of the game, how is he overlooked? Because he doesn't seem to make mistakes. Um, it's just good plays. So I think that is a good help for the Panthers. Um, when you look back at Joe Brady's offense with – excuse me, LSU, they did like to go to Thaddeus Moss. They did like to go to that tight end at times in key situations and, you know, in those short yarder situations. Gerald Everett kind of matches that profile, what I think would be good for Joe Brady's offense moving forward, whether you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback or not. For sure. All right, moving on to the Broncos, who have a fair amount of money, about $33 million. Um, And again, I mean – we're on the same page here. We're going a lot of the same positions, just different players. Um, I'm going with Kyle Van Noy here. So he did get released from the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, almost two weeks ago now, actually. And I think that he would be a good fit there at linebacker. Um, Broncos are aggressive, so they will be able to use him as just a middle linebacker if they wanted to, an outside linebacker for blitzing. And uh, just being able to just use his ability. I think that uh, this Broncos team can do that something the lions could not do it is something that the dolphins did do uh the the patriots did it as well i mean you just have to have the right coach that can use him for what he actually is so i'm going with kyle van noy here yep and i went with jayon brown um the linebacker and this is just a guy who i think can come in and help immediately because the broncos you do look at a weak point on that defense it is linebacker um the situation with von miller uh, news has come out that those charges were dropped. Now, if you're the Broncos, if you are able to move on from his contract or restructure it, that clears up a lot of space. So that's something, another name in team and organization, a situation that we need to keep an eye on because if Von Miller is not a Denver Bronco this offseason, look at the, the off-field issues all you want and those allegations that were made. It's going to be a hot commodity to have a former Super Bowl MVP hit the free agent market that with teams needing pass rush, uh, excuse me, pass, pass rush help. Golly, I can't talk. Therese, please go next with the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. With the Dallas Cowboys, who have roughly $2 million in cap space right now. So basically not even enough to sign your draft picks right now. But, I mean, they will negotiate this. They'll figure some stuff out. Um, I actually have them going with A.J. Boye, a former Jaguar, former Bronco, cornerback here. Um, I just don't know if Jordan Lewis is the guy. I think he's a very good player, but you might just need some extra depth there. Uh, Trayvon Diggs had a great rookie year and he's, he's on the opposite side. You put uh, Boye on here. Uh, Boye is suspended for the first two games though, because of some PED stuff um, that happened last year. So he is suspended the first two games. So I actually, another reason why I put him here that he might go for a little bit cheaper one-year deal um, just because of that as well. Good mindset. Um, I stuck with the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. I went with Shelby Harris, uh, a defensive tackle, formerly played for Denver. Uh, this is just a guy that I think can come in and help the interior defensive line for the Cowboys. This is, you know, last year when they're in the offseason, I was like, wow, the Dallas Cowboys, 
that that defense they might have one of the best defensive lines in the league. They signed Don, Don Terry Poe. They had Gerald McCoy. You know, they were just adding all these big guys to help plug up the middle. Don Terry Poe, I don't remember what happened there. Gerald McCoy goes down with an injury, then retires, and it's like everyone just ran on the Cowboys, and that defense was just absolutely trash. You bring in Shelby Harris, you might not have the money to do it. He is a little bit older. Maybe you find a way to get him on a one-year deal to be somewhat affordable. You restructure some of these other contracts that you have, Jerry Jones, or you just pay him under the table and it's like, hey, dude, like, don't even worry about it. Just here's the check. It's a personal one. There's your salary. We'll move on from here. But I think Shelby Harris helps that interior defensive line for the Cowboys immediately. Uh, next, staying in the NFC East, the New York Giants. Um, Patrice and I are pretty much on the same page. They need help on their defensive line. They're moving on from Olivier Vernon. This is where I have Trey Hendrickson going. They are also $8 million under the cap. I am not sure how they're going to fix that because I don't know who the fuck their money's going to, to be completely upfront with you. I don't know who they're paying with the team being as young as it is. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is a guy that can come in and be very helpful for them moving forward. And I think is maybe a steal of the free agency uh, in the future of this team for the New York Giants, because when they have a good defensive line and their defense is balling, that's when the Giants are at their best. And that's when they're winning Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, like you said, it's kind of the same page. So to answer your question on where they get, who are they paying their money to? Nate Soldier's getting like 15, 16 million. Bradbury's at 14. And honestly, they, let's see, Leonard Williams now is at just under 20 million. Honestly, it is a little surprising that they are as, like in as much cap space as what it shows. So I think a, a lot of that sounds like they just need to restructure some other deals. Like this is the one year that everything kind of hits at the same time. Yeah. Kick that can down the road and create as much space as you can. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Especially because if you end up wanting to go with Daniel Jones, you're going to have to be paying him in a year or two anyway. So like if, yeah. if they end up going that route, which I'm sure they will. Um, but anyways, going back to my pick, I I'm going with Dalvin Tomlinson. You had them, him to the Jags. I would love that. I think that they, I think in their head it, it was, it was more likely that they would lose Leonard Williams. So franchise tag him. And then you could probably find a deal with Dalvin Tomlinson to bring him back. So uh, yep. plugging up that defensive uh, line um, 49ers. Here we go here. Um, we actually are going opposite here. This is like the first like complete opposite we have. So <laughs> Niners have about $26 million. Uh, you're going defense. I'm going offense. I'm going Joe Thunny um, from the, uh, sorry, with the, Patriots. Oh yep. my goodness. I was having a brain fart there. I knew exactly. Saw the helmet. Couldn't think of the name um, with, uh. the, with the Patriots. Uh, he's a stud. He got franchise tagged last year. We thought he was going to again this year. Does not. Um, why not? Why not go back to that running style offense you, that you know that Shanahan loves. Um, Mike McCoy ends up becoming the o the official OC so what, and he is, he was a run game coordinator. I think they're going to run it even more this year than what they did last year. So one to what, get an athletic guy and just make it. So your offensive line is just nasty. You already have two great tackles. Let's just go from here. So I'm going with Joe Thunny. Yep. And I went with again, defense here, uh, Shaquille Griffin, the corner from the Seattle Seahawks. This is an in-division um, pickup free agent transaction here. Similar to kind of what we saw with uh, Richard Sherman coming from Seattle, then going to San Francisco to play with the 49ers. 
San Francisco 49ers are pretty much losing their entire team to free agency, to be honest. So if you can find a way to add a guy like Griffin while keeping some other key players for your defense and offense, I think that's a huge help. I think either one of these pickups, though, for the 49ers is awesome for them. Agreed. Uh, moving on to the Chargers, who actually surprisingly have way more money than I thought they did. So they're Sam, like, I did they're not like over this. $30 million. They could make a splash and – it could make some teams in the AFC West nervous. Like if they sign the right guy or two, like legit, it could be, it could be nasty. Um, so they are losing the Pouncey kid to retirement. Both of the Pouncey brothers retired. So I'm saying one to what fill in that center spot. And they're going with Corey Lindsay out of the Green Bay Packers, which would be a huge loss for the Packers. They probably desperately want to resign him, but I don't think they have the cap space to chargers. You know what you have to do protect your asset and your quarterback rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. Yep. And I went with Joe Thune, uh, mainly just with the mindset of when you look at the defensive lines in that division, you need good interior help, right? You need good guards and the chargers necessarily haven't really had that. So you bring in Joe Thune, you get that immediately, you get that impact that helps you out moving forward. Um, and again, I'm glad we're on the same, the same page here in mindset of protect Justin Herbert rookie of the year, because that's clearly the future of your organization. And that's a bright one. If you can keep him healthy next up, the Minnesota Vikings sitting there with a pretty, pretty $3 million uh, under the cap space. They have negative $3 million available. I have them finding a way to clear that up because, again, this is another one of these teams where I'm not really sure who you're paying outside of Kirk Cousins because you don't have very many stars on this team, especially when you're losing Harris, possibly in free agency, and the only other guy you have is an old white dude who's slow and hits hard and mad and drives me nuts. Uh, but with the Vikings, I have them cleaning up their defense here. You ended up trading for uh, Yannick Ngakwe. You then traded him away. I'm now having you pick up Hassan Reddick. I think this is a good pickup for them. I think this is kind of one of those sneaky ones, similar to what I said uh, with the Giants getting Trey Hendrickson. If you're the Vikings getting Hassan Reddick, he's a, kind of a smaller edge rusher, but a guy who makes impacts and makes big plays, and that's what you need in that division. I like it. I, I actually tried to get Hassan Reddick on my list here for, for a team, but – did not make it. So I do like that. Um, I'm actually going to go with a former top five pick in Solomon Thomas. Uh, obviously disappointing career with the Niners so far, but I think that Mike Zimmer probably think, looks at him and goes, well, you know what? I need a big body guy that I used to have in uh, Everson Griffin um, on the opposite side. So let's, let's get that done. I can coach him up. I can get him ready. So I'm going to go with Solomon Thomas here and see if he can get like a resurgence with that second contract um, in his career. Moving on to the Patriots, um, again, um, we are going offense, different positions, but both going offense. We already know who you're choosing. You kind of spoiled it a little bit, but we'll let you talk about it here in a second. I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. I'm going to say that they go with uh, trying to get speed on the outside here and somebody that they can not have to break the bank for and probably be able to sign on a short contract uh i think sammy watkins is the guy that's going to want to try to get paid and have like a one-year deal where it's like a prove it deal and then after this try to get really paid uh that's kind of the way i see it with him so i'm gonna go sammy watkins trying to get some speed on the outside on this offense that would be nice it would be a little dangerous especially with him having experience playing a lot of these other afc teams being in the afc east as well i know a lot has changed since then but still 
Sammy Watkins could be a valuable part for the Patriots. Again, uh, I've given away pretty much who this pick's going to be. It is Hunter Henry, the tight end from the Chargers. I think this is a guy who just – it makes too much sense for him to not be a New England Patriot uh, by the end of this offseason if the Chargers do not find a way to pay him or restructure that – or to just get him any type of contract to be a part of them moving forward. I like Hunter Henry with the Patriots offense. They're at their best when they have a good, reliable tight end. That can also help in the running game. Hunter Henry is that answer. Next, with the Arizona Cardinals, $15 million in cap space, we pretty much have them taking the same position at corner. I am taking, I'm having them take Troy Hill. I think this is a guy who you're most likely moving on from Patrick Peterson because he is getting older and he is probably going to want some extra money because he has been a valuable part of your franchise moving forward. I'm not really buying into a hometown or hometown discount with him. I think he can maybe go take a one year prove it deal elsewhere uh, and compete for a Super Bowl. Um, knowing he's going to do so, I still have some questions with the Arizona Cardinals offense and the production um, and reliability of Kyler Murray moving forward just to be up front. That's just my own personal thoughts with it. But I think you get Troy Hill in here to help out with this defense who is already loaded with the addition of J.J. Watt. You bring in Troy Hill with the loss of Patrick Peterson. Fuck it. Maybe find a way to keep both of them with that $15 million and you're sitting there fine with. We're just going to address the rest of this team through the draft. Uh, and you have yourself a pretty good defense with Buda Baker, Isaiah uh, Simmons, excuse me, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt sitting there as well. So you brought up the player that I'm having them go, and I'm saying they need to get their captain back in Patrick Peterson. I think that it is very key to this team to bring him back um, just for that defense. And I also have a hard time believing that this wasn't discussed with J.J. Watt when he was signing here. I have a very hard time believing that Patrick Peterson and J.J. Watt didn't talk back. Hey, I'm coming back. Don't worry about it. I'll be here. So um, Patrick Peterson stayed with the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, that's a good thought to have. Uh, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders, $33 million in cap space. It seems like everyone in the AFC West has some money to spend, except for my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but I have them going edge to Devion Clowney. Uh, ever since leaving the Texans, hasn't really been very productive. I'm going to count this one as third time is the charm. You get him opposite of Max Crosby. I mean, you get him to, you know, rotate with clean and feral, or maybe you have him kind of suck in and play inside, and you get all three of those guys along the defensive line uh, with Maurice Hurst as well. And I think you have something there for Las Vegas. And I think the Raiders um, would be very happy to have a guy like Jadeveon Clowney, a former number one pick, sitting right there that can be a valuable asset to your defense moving forward because you desperately need something uh, to could be there continuously. Now, whether that answer is Jadeveon Clowney, it might be, and the Raiders are just notorious for paying older guys who haven't really lived up to their potential, and the Raiders just think, I'm going to pay him a lot of money because when they have this much money, then they will, and it doesn't work out. So that's also what I'm thinking here with the Raiders kind of Raider and taking to Devon Clowney. And Treese, your pick scares the shit out of me, and I hope it doesn't happen. Honestly, this is one that I probably feel the most confident about out of all of these things. I think the Raiders try to make a huge splash, get a defensive end, and they go with Yannick Ngakwe. I think that Yannick finally gets the money that he wants, and it's from the Raiders. Uh, they've obviously missed out a lot of their free agent signings. I think that they go, well, you know what? This is a young dude that we know is not going to miss. Like We've seen him now in three different schemes and honestly be successful in all three schemes. Like he had a fair amount of sacks with the Vikings before they traded him. The Ravens 
the sacks weren't there, but the pressures were there. Um, if you mm-hmm. watch the games, like he, he got to the quarterback often. It was just usually a step too late. Um, I think that that is going to get the Raiders excited and Yannick heads his way, leaves his hometown from Baltimore, um, unfortunately for him, but he does go to Vegas and gets paid bank. Good for him. Now the Los Angeles Rams, they're $32 million under the cap. This is a situation where I don't know how they get out of it, but in doing so, I think they're ready to move on from a 40-year-old left tackle in a Whitworth gray beard, and they're going with uh, a younger, older left tackle in Trent Williams. Um, going from the Los Angeles, excuse me, going from the San Francisco 49ers to the now Los Angeles Rams, it just makes too much sense. You need to protect it. You need to rebuild that offensive line. You need to have a good, reliable offensive line to protect Matthew Stafford so you can win that division and you can go compete for a Super Bowl uh, through the NFC. That would be nasty. I actually almost put Whitworth here because it does sound like they're going to re-sign him. It sounds like both good parties God. want that, but we'll see. Um, so I'm actually going to go with John Johnson. Um the safety who they didn't tag, which was surprising. Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to pay him, but like looking at what the franchise tag players were getting, got to assume that it's going to be around that 10 million range when Trent Williams is probably going to be in that like 15 to 18 million. So, I mean, like you said, they're already 32 million over. How are you going to get out of that plus signing anybody else? Um, honestly, the answer might be for the Rams and the saints is don't lose any more players. <laughs> um and just try to renegotiate to keep your roster intact. So um, that's the Rams moving on to the Washington football team. This team also has a whole bunch of money, $39 million. This is the team that I probably would have said was the favorite to, I don't know, because I don't know their quarterback situation, obviously, but like, I think the Washington football team would have offered Allen Robinson more money than any other team. I think they were ready to throw the, throw the bag at him. Um, but with that being the case, they're going to go with another wide receiver. And it's a guy that I actually does think goes to the Jags and that's Curtis Samuel. I think that this could be a good fit opposite of Terry McLaurin. Um, and they're going to just have speed for days with those two, with Gibson, with McKissick, um, with Lance Thomas at tight end, like they're going to have some playmakers on offense. They got to just find out who that quarterback's going to be. Um, if they found a way to get someone like Curtis Samuel, I would expect them to do whatever they could to trade up to get one of those quarterbacks, you know, in that five to eight range, you know, maybe, a, I don't know, Lance, maybe might be they the best. Trey Lance look out. Honestly, that would make it fun. That would be very, very fun for the Washington football team if they could land Trey Lance. Um, I actually have them going defense, though, with Anthony Harris. Um, your your corners are just good enough to be okay. They're better than some people like to think. But it, it's truly just your safeties that are kind of trash, in my opinion, uh, for the Washington football team. You bring in Anthony Harris, I think it fixes that immediately, and it helps you guys out. You have the money to spend. It brings in a leader. They're wanting to change the culture and move forward with Ron Rivera uh, head coach, of course, Anthony Harris, I think is a good fit here for Washington moving forward. Next up, the Chicago Bears, $22 million under the cap avail- that they have available. I don't know how they get out of it either because, again, another team where that's a lie. I know where the money's at. It's all on the defensive side of the ball. It's not strictly very much on the offense to be spent um, unless you have someone on the offensive line that I'm not thinking of. But 
I have them keeping Allen Robinson, the franchise tag. It's about all you can afford. It's the best move you could have done for this team moving forward. I think they did something very good for the future of them or for at least one more year with tagging Allen Robinson. It's now just the fact that if you have to find someone to play quarterback to throw him the ball or this dude is just going to be like, fuck this this next year. It's sad to think that might be a possibility. I doubt he does, but it would be very hard to be motivated to play at my highest level in the NFL when my quarterback can't throw me the football. Agreed. And yes, I'm with you as well. I put Allen Robinson. So they're at minus 22, like 22 over the cap right now because of the franchise tag that they put. Cause so it was like 3 million, but now that they have to pay him 19, it ends up jumping up to my negative 22. So uh, Allen Robinson here again, I have two, out of 32, two teams I have just who they already signed. This is one of them. We'll get to the other one later on. Uh, moving on to the Colts, this team, scary how much money they still have with the, you know, the talent that they have on this offense. Uh, I'm going to go with them trying to just continue to improve their defense. And I'm going to go with Ronald Darby. I think that him leaving uh, Washington and coming here would just be a huge, huge help to this defensive backfield. Um one of those things that maybe a lot of pl- fans would be like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. But, like, this is a huge signing. Like, this dude is a stud. Um, so, huge get. Something I don't want the Colts to do um, because it helps them out so much. But I um, I think it's just too good of a fit. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, everything you just said there is perfect with that. The Colts, $48 million, though, in cap space that you have. They're just going to buy this team for this next year and make a huge, serious run for the playoff – or, excuse me, for the Super Bowl, and it's going to be nuts. I had them actually going to edge. You're most likely moving on from Justin Houston. He is a free agent as well. You have DeForest Buckner, an interior defense alignment. Why don't you go ahead and match that with some more outside pressure and Matt Judon and then allow – uh ballard their general manager to just find other pieces for your offense and your defense that can help you in later rounds of the draft because he's been so good with finding those guys to help immediately in round one and round two and round three that come in and you're like who the hell is this guy oh shit okay look at this chris ballard done found somebody else so i think matt judon coming in from free agency is a big immediate help for the colts moving forward the tennessee titans uh They have $14 million in cap space. I actually had them taking Leonard Floyd, um, kind of a late developing edge rusher, but again, a position that the Titans have been trying to find here uh, and get solidified within the last couple of years through a free agency. They thought they had it with getting Jadeveon Clowney. They turned out they were wrong, as we all know now, but Leonard Floyd, I think, is a guy who can come in and help the Titans out and might be one of those lower tier guys that's not going to cost you as much money, but you might get the production out of because – the dude had one hell of a season. Maybe it was the contract year. As Therese Paler likes to say, contract year is undefeated. He did have an impressive season. This, I, impressive for what he was doing through the earlier years in his career. And now you get him here with the Titans. I think it's a good fit for them. I love Leonard Floyd. I actually tweeted about him during the season uh, that like he was going to get paid this offseason. I actually still do think he was, but I, I honestly couldn't find a team that I was like, okay, I felt super comfortable that they'd be going after him. So I actually left him off my list, which was one of the guys that I was like, ah, I really didn't want to, but what an um, idiot, idiot. But um, I, again, for me, I, that I'd hate for the Titans, like as a Jags fan, like great for the Titans. Um, but same with the guy I have, and that's Romeo Aquara. Uh, the defensive end from the t- uh, from the Lions. Why the Lions didn't franchise tag this dude, I will not understand. 
Like I can understand the Kenny Galladay thing. Like he had already said no to literally an $18 million contract the year before to the lions. Like <laughs> I, I could see you saying, okay, like whatever, like we lost you, but like Aquara had 11 sacks this last year. Like he was, he was the heart and soul of this defense and they took his brother in second round from Notre Dame last year as well. I don't know. I, I'll, I won't understand why the lions let him go, but a huge get for the Titans. They, they are rewarded for it. I was very surprised seeing his name on the list of like available free agents. And it was just like, what the hell? Like what, what are the lions doing here? Like, do they not want any pressure on the defensive side of the ball? So I'm glad we're on the same page there, but the next up the Seattle Seahawks, $22 million available in cap space. I actually had them going with William Jackson. Uh, the third, they are losing Shaquille Griffin. I think if you can replace them with William Jackson, uh, it's somewhat of an upgrade. And I think it helps out their defense and they get to continue to rebuild this might be a little pricey, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. And if you're moving on from Russell Wilson or you are trading him, maybe having more defensive help isn't a bad idea. Or maybe you are spending more money on this offensive side of the ball to maybe add to your offensive line like a Joe Thune or some of these other names that we've listed here. Yeah, um, I like that. So I'm actually going opposite. So obviously one reason that – Wilson's unhappy is because they want to run the ball so much. And I mean, they took Rashad Penny in the first round a couple of years ago, obviously did not work out. Carlos Hyde is a free agent, but also Chris Carson is a free agent. How can you be wanting to be a running team, but your top two running backs are <laughs> free agents. And then you have a disappointing first round pick. So for me, I'm going with Chris Carson. They know that they have to bring him back. He is going, I mean, if you're going to say that you're a running team and you need a workhorse, that's who you got to go with. And, and honestly, you still need to draft another guy too um, in the middle rounds, but bring back the guy that knows the system, knows the organization and a guy that's been fairly successful running the ball for you in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Next up this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, $6 million available in cap space. Uh, this is where I have them taking Corey Lindsley uh, just due to the fact that the, uh, Oh my gosh, the brother, the other twin brother who is also a center. His name is all of a sudden slipping my mind. I'm sorry, I, did, I didn't hear what you just said. I'm sorry. <laughs> twin brother. His brother played for the Chargers. He's a center. He just retired. Yeah, Pouncy. Marcus Pouncy. Pouncy. Good yep. freaking word. Yeah, so I have them taking Corey Lindsay to replace that so they don't have to draft a center here at pick 25 in the draft or pick 24 in the draft here you can go ahead and make this pick move forward add you know maybe a receiver at this spot if you have someone good if you're the Steelers you usually take them in the second or third round anyways but I think Corey Lindsay is a guy that you come in and you just help replace Pouncey and you just keep moving forward through the draft and free agency with what you have there nice nice um I'm gonna go with them getting Bud Dupree back I kind of mentioned it earlier in the episode I think that they do whatever they can to bring him back get him opposite of TJ Watt again and make sure that 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 defense is as elite as it was early in the year. I mean, it really took a step back once he got injured. So going to Bud Dupree here, Um, the Texans also going with another resigning. I guess this is three teams in a row. I'm going with just resign your best free agent. Um, And that is the Texans not letting Will Fuller go. Like you got to do whatever you possibly can to keep him in the building. Could you imagine how pissed Deshaun Watson's going to be if you then let his, the best receiver go two years in a row? Like he's already unhappy. And then you do that. Like, and he's got oh, a, a he's got a bigger line. connection with Will Fuller than I think he did with DeAndre Hopkins. 
I mean, these like guys have friendship played. wise, I think because yeah, because when Will Fuller was injured and he comes back, like the next six touchdowns that Deshaun Watson threw, five of them were to Will Fuller. Yeah. And it was like, my, like the dude just came back and he's already got like 300 receiving yards and five touchdowns. What the hell? Like this dude is an immediate impact player for the Texans. I actually had them keeping, or excuse me, signing Chris Carson. You just mentioned him staying with the Seahawks. I think the Texans, you're moving on from David Johnson. You need someone to run the ball. If you are moving on and trading to Sean Watson, you're going to have to have your offense flow through something. So why not go to a guy who's used to being the workhorse uh, and carrying the ball three times, you know, a series or can three times and be available for all three downs. Excuse me. Let me go ahead and spit that out, but say three downs about 10 times. Uh, I think Chris Carson is a guy that comes in and helps the Texans uh, very efficiently and is a big part of their offense moving forward. If Deshaun Watson is not their quarterback uh, next up, the Cleveland Browns, $24 million available in cap space. This is where I have Carl Lawson going. You have uh, a freak of nature in Miles Garrett on one side. You add Carl Lawson on the other. Uh, good luck, everyone else in the AFC North, because just what you were fearing the year before with uh, Watt and Bud Dupree for the Steelers, you now have with Lawson and Miles Garrett. And if the Steelers do get to keep Bud Dupree, look out. I mean, the defensive lines in the AFC North are just terrifying enough as it is when you look at what uh, the Ravens have too. Yeah, agreed. Uh, same position, different player. So they are going to be most likely losing Olivier Vernon um, in free agency this year. And so I'm actually going to go with Jadavion Clowney here. Uh, get another freak athlete um, opposite side of Miles Garrett there. Uh Maybe you don't need that dude that can get that's going to get you 15 sacks a game, right? <laughs> or a season. Like, you know, there's one, there's not that many of those guys in the NFL, but like, worry about stopping the run as well, which Clowney is very, very good at. And he can get against the pressure when need be, especially when he, you know he's going to be getting one on ones because Miles Garrett is going to get all the other attention. So, uh, Clowney to Cleveland there. Um, going over to the Ravens, I am going to go with Nelson Aguilar here. Uh, he actually had a very good year for the Raiders last year. Uh, I think the Raiders try to do whatever they can to keep him, but I'm just going with, hey, if we can only choose one player, obviously um, Yannick is a better signing for them. Um, Nelson Aguilar goes to a team, goes to a team where you know he's most likely going to be like fighting for that number one spot. You obviously have Marquise Brown there, but Nelson Aguilar, I think honestly can probably do a little bit more with his skill set right now with where they are developed wise between him and Marquise Brown. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a really good fit for Nelson Aguilar and the Ravens who desperately need a receiver who can help you not necessarily just stretch the field, but have someone of a decent catch radius. Nelson Aguilar somehow found that in Las Vegas this past season. But I have the Ravens going on the opposite side of the ball with John Johnson. I think this is where they continue to add to their secondary. They know the rest of the teams in this division are passing teams. You got to be able to slow that down. You have to be able to compete in that, especially when you want to go in the playoffs where you know, you're going to run into teams like the Bills and the Chiefs. You got to be able to slow down those passing attacks. You do that with John Johnson that helps you out there and you have the money to do so. Our next team, the New Orleans Saints, they are negative $50 million underneath the cap. The official amount's $48 million. I'm rounding it up because I think it still might be more than that. I'm having them somehow land Curtis Samuel because that guy in that offense for Sean Payton is going to be absolutely terrifying and deadly. And, Trace, I know this is something you called all last season, and I think you might be right. Drew Brees has still yet to announce retirement. 
he might be the quarterback next year for the New Orleans Saints. Yes, yes, most likely. Uh, uh, I mean, yes, I was saying that we'll, we'll see if it actually happens. So he, he easily could retire, but to me, it's super weird that he hasn't yet. Um, you also see all these training videos of him, like doing some crazy mm-hmm. workouts and stuff. Like if you're retiring, why are you doing, why on earth are why you, are you doing pushing that? a weight sled all the way down a parking lot Hill and then back up? Yeah, exactly. So, um, I kind of think that he does. And honestly, so I know you said it's probably about 50 million. It actually might be closer a little bit less now. Cause this was before the Emmanuel Sanders release as well. So I think they saved a little uh, bit either way. It's still, it's still at least $40 million. Like you literally have five days to get under that. Let's see the <laughs> magic. Like it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Like, I know they keep like a lot of fans keep saying, you know, like, Oh, it's going to be easy. They'll just work around money. They don't have to release anybody. I mean, they've already had to go with Jared cook releasing cam Emmanuel Sanders, releasing him, not re-signing Hendrickson. Like those are three key players of that team last year. And you've already had to, yeah. like, so we can't say that like it's, Oh, you can move money around and it's no big deal because it clearly is. You've already lost three players and most likely you're going to have to lose at least one or two others that were a big key to your team um, over the last few years. Please Marcus Lattimore to the Jags, please Marcus Lattimore to the Jags. Um, So for me, uh, I am going to go. This was my second one. I just said re-signing Marcus Williams was a huge thing for them. So good for them. Um, Plain and simple there. Uh, The rest is don't try not to lose anybody else. That's huge Um, for the Packers. uh, I don't know how many times we've talked about how they, you know, linebackers, defensive tackles that need to stop the run. Like that's been the motto for the last year and a half, two years for this team that we've been saying on this. Uh, I know yep. you mentioned Jay and Brown late uh, earlier on former tight end missed a lot of last year from an, uh, an elbow injury, but he just got cleared from that. I think like two weeks ago or last week, something like that. So he's good to go. I think a young athletic dude, you bring him in and you can have a stud on that, that middle tier of that defense. So I'm going with Brown there. Um, I stayed with the linebacker position. I had them going KJ Wright. Uh, they are negative $8 million in the cap. I don't know how you get out of that as the Packers. It's something we've been saying all episode, though, but at the same time, I mean, the salary cap is a fucking myth. So they're, every one of these teams is going to find a way, and we're going to be sitting here looking at it like, oh, shit, look, they did it. Wow. And they were able to sign guys in free agency. Not sure how, but they do. Because it is what it is. But KJ Wright to the Packers, I think, helps out immediately. Uh, next up, the Buffalo Bills, $2 million above the cap. This is where I have Romeo Okawara going, uh, the former edge rusher for the Detroit Lions, if he doesn't resign there. I just think this is a guy who can come in and help the Bills out. You add to that defensive line. Um, they did add to their edge pass or their pass rush, excuse me, last year in the draft. But I think when Romeo Okawara is on the board and you have an opportunity to land a guy like him, you do it and you find a way to. Uh, but, Therese, I like your pick as well, and that is a huge part of their defense that they need to find a way to keep. Yeah, and that's Matt Milano. Um, it was surprising that they didn't do something to get him like under wraps before, but, uh, yeah, huge, huge part of this defense. Uh, I actually thought about putting him on the Packers as well, but then I was like, one, well, I think it's just more important for the Bills to get him back onto this defense. So Matt Milano there. Uh, now we'll go to your team. Uh, we have the same position, uh, different players, and that is because I'm a realist and you are not. Um, <laughs> I had to do it. Had, and there's Austin's phone going off, everybody. That's Brett Beach telling you to fuck off because the salary Ooh, cap's not real and he can make anything fun. happen. 
nicely played there. So uh, Chiefs, $21 million over the cap right now. Um, I'm going with the guy that was recently released in Golden Tate. Um, I think that Tate goes for, you know, tries to go for a ring. I think that he can bring this short style offense to not short in stature, but short in yardage that he runs routes. Um, but I think that he can bring some toughness as well. And I think it would be a good fit. Um, obviously it's not that, I mean, let's just say it. it's not the, it's not the player you chose and let's just go for that. I think that this dude is going to get paid way too much money for the chiefs to, to be able to afford him, but go ahead. Talk to the people. I mean, I like Golden Tate. It's just he's 32 years old, but at the same time, it's a guy who can run the ball. He can catch the ball downfield, and he can make plays. And when he scores touchdowns, he has one hell of a celebration uh, when he, he knows he's broken away. I mean, he's a very physical runner after the catch, which, you know, might be very impactful and could be very helpful for McCall Hardman in the development of his future uh, as a number two receiver for the Chiefs. I decided to go a little crazy. I went with Corey Davis. The Chiefs, they're moving on uh, from Sammy Watkins. They're most likely moving on from Demarcus Robinson as well. You have to have a receiver that has a similar body type and can match that, and that seems to be Corey Davis in my mind. Again, quite a reach, probably not going to happen, but it would be a dream landing fit for me receiver-wise if they do not land Nico Collins. Um, or a tight end out of Notre Dame. And then there's another receiver as well that I have a crush on, but I'm not going to mention because I'm still really hoping for that one as well. But Corey Davis, I think, would be a great fit for the Chiefs. And if it does happen, good luck slowing down that offense because if Corey Davis can keep up the type of play that he had this past year and he has that size and that red zone capability and can be a red zone target for the Chiefs, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all they have to do is then just – play tampa bay if you're talking about like good luck slowing them down right um oh, fuck you speaking of tampa bay <laughs> speaking of tampa bay over the cap i have them taking shaq barrett they find a way to make it happen <laughs> me too uh they're going with shaq barrett there um they got it they got to keep that defense alive got to keep it intact uh again to keep up with the kansas city chiefs because again if they don't have shaq barrett and they play again in the super bowl they're not winning that game. <laughs> so that's what it comes down to. So go and check Barrett there as well. Um, so surprising thing, just going over names. I'm surprised you did not mention Kenny Galladay anywhere on yours. Not saying that you're right, saying that he's not good or anything, but I'm just surprised you didn't find a fit for him anywhere. I'm also just now realizing that I really didn't because as I was making this list, I was like, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, and I just never put him anywhere. Um a fit that I would really like, and just to be completely honest, would be the New York Giants. I think adding him to that offense would be awesome. And then you yeah. can just, at pick 12, that's Micah Parsons range, Gregory Russo. That's where they'll be at right there at pick 12 for the Giants if they do find a way to land, excuse me, uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, and I hate saying it, but if the Colts let T.Y. Hilton go, Kenny Galladay to the Colts would also be nice. Boy, that would be with Michael Pittman Jr. on with the Michael other side. Yeah, that'd be really nice. That's a big receiver core. Yep, but one of what still not as good as the Jags with that. Do you know a name that neither of us put on here? Who's that? AJ Green. I did that on purpose. Oh. I I just don't know. I he looked so bad last year. Like I I was a believer in him in the preseason. I think that he was gonna bounce back and come back. Like he just looked he looked bad almost the entire year. I think there was like one game where I was like, wow, he has some, you know, 
some jump to his step. But other than that, he just looked really bad. You know where he's going to end up. That's totally – honestly, that's totally fine if he went to the he's Chiefs. He's going to end up with the New England Patriots, and he's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, who's their quarterback? <laughs> I don't know, but they're going to fucking figure it out, and that's the most terrifying part. They do have so much money. That's the scary part, too. Like, they have – Like, what if they fucking money? land Russell Wilson? Like, Dude. I know he wasn't on their list of four teams, but, like, what if? Yeah, what if? I mean, then – yeah, then I would be pissed. Right, like, because they I always have a good AFC offensive team. line. Like, yeah. AFC would be pissed. Like, everyone would, including your Chiefs. Then you'd be like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like, I'd be like pissed. we we just got over this hump, and now look at us. So, um, it'll be interesting. Um, okay, well, that does it. So, by the time we have our next episode, it's actually going to be next time we record. It's actually St. Patrick's Day and opening day of signing free agency unless we do it a different day so we can go and drink and stuff so we'll have to talk about that, that offline idea. <laughs> might have to do that offline here so uh, but either way no next episode is most likely going to be once free agency has happened so uh or at least started i should say so super excited about that moving along uh we are less for you guys listening less than 50 days from the nfl draft 50 days from trevor lawrence wearing teal it's going to be awesome super exciting um we appreciate y'all and tonight we've been Stop and football.